to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 284 of the Left Traffic Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hope you all had a great 4th of July. Uh, and here we sit, 13 winners through 19 races. Uh, can we get four more in seven races? We had two Georgia boys win this weekend. Uh, man, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, like I said, hope you all had a great 4th of July. Uh, the wife and I took the uh, week off work, uh, had some fun with the baby, started off on uh, Friday, July 1st, got around to golf in, uh, had a great party with uh, friends and family on the 3rd. Uh, Monday was a bit of a cleanup day, and uh, Tuesday, Lindsay and I did a little day date downtown Detroit. Uh, Wednesday, we took Alden to uh, Frankenmuth for this first time and went to Bronner's, the world's largest Christmas store, which if you guys have been following the show for any length of time, you know what a diehard Christmas nut we are. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Had my uh, golf league Thursday night, couple birthday parties over the weekend. Uh, Got to tell you, just love taking this little guy out. He loves to just be out to see people. Uh, he is so chill in public and just smiles and flirts and just uh, is a little handball, which is freaking awesome. Uh, so hope you guys uh, were able to enjoy things as well. Let's see here. Uh, it's been a minute since we've done a show, but uh, the last show uh, featured WWE superstar Sheamus, which was awesome. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, uh, that was definitely a uh, mark out moment for myself to be able to have a wrestler on the podcast. Love everything about that. Um, I mentioned on the last show, uh, I am going to have four tickets to give away to MIS. Uh, and I will, uh, make the announcement of how you can win said tickets uh, on next week's show, uh, which is going to be a little MIS show. We're going to have new uh, MIS track president uh, on the show, as well as uh, Jim Wise from Firekeepers Casino, uh, our race sponsor. Uh, I will be out there uh, race weekend at Firekeepers on Friday. Uh, they've got something going on, and uh, I'll let Jim talk about all of that next week. Uh, but this week... This week's stacked. I love it. Uh, I got a couple, three guests for you guys lined up tonight. Um, Mr. E-Racer Fantasy, or not Fantasy, E-Racer, I-Racer. Uh, I need to get the clarification on that because I don't understand it. Uh, Mr. Anthony Lord, uh, Mr. Sly Job, uh, he's going to be on as well as uh, Parker Retzlaff and Armani Williams. And Armani's from Detroit, which is really cool. So I am very excited to get those guys on the show for the first time here. Everyone making some first-time appearances, which is very cool. Uh, so, uh, let's, uh, let's get things rolling. Let's get, uh, Anthony on the show. All right. Lap traffic nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He is a legend in the EI racing world, having won over 200 races across 62 different leagues, seven league champions. He is the driver of the number 88. Welcome to the lap traffic podcast, the slide job himself, Anthony Lord, Anthony, what's going on, man? How are you? 
Very good. Very good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you on. I love mixing in some of the iRacing stuff uh, every now and then. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work with uh, Landon and Parker uh, with, with their series, and uh, it, it's fun to get to talk to you guys that have, uh, you know, made a name for themselves, uh, you know, racing uh, virtually, which is cool. So uh, we'll get into some stuff. But what I want right now is what is the difference between e-racing and i-racing? Oh, man. Well, it's it, it depends on what you're racing on. So I, I really got my start, you know, as a kid racing on console. So, um, you know, e-racing, if you call it as console racing is is more arcade like but you know there's a lot of uh you know realistic components you know but for those that you know have a a bigger budget and more equipment <laughs> and so you know i mean if you're if you're looking for something that's that's as realistic as it gets without actually stepping in a real race car then you know i racing's for you um but really you know what it comes down to from what i've seen is is what you're able you know, and and I think everybody in the community is passionate about racing, and and I'm all for if you can get out there and race any any type, uh, I'm all for it. I am the type that is a council racer with uh, damage off, and <laughs> uh, you know I, I'm I'm running a uh, a quarter percent of the race, uh, you know. I've, I've, I've been saying it for years. I would love to get a, a, a rig and, and give this thing a whirl. Uh, but I know that that is just not in the cards with a uh, five-month-old uh, upstairs hanging out right now. So uh, that will definitely get put on the back burner for the time being. But that's cool, man. Oh, yeah. Um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got into racing. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm from a uh, small town uh, in uh, southwestern New York called uh, Pine Bush. Uh, I'm kind of living in Connecticut now, though, for work. Um, but I've been playing uh, NASCAR video games pretty much as long as I've been a fan. And I like to say since birth, really. Um, <laughs> I, I, the famous story I tell is my dad told my mom if she was going to have me a week later, it would have been on the Daytona 500. And he would have been watching it in the waiting room. So Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, but I, I've been around the sport a long time. It's it's probably, I would say, my biggest life's passion, you know, in general, racing. Um, so, you know, I've been playing NASCAR games since I, I could. And, uh, you know, I, I discovered some years ago uh, when they started, you know, racing online. And, and you know, with somebody that really didn't have a lot of money or, or didn't have access to real race cars yet. At least I like to say, um, you know, I, I took to it, put a lot of time into it and, and it's become a big part of my life. That's awesome, man. Um, are you, so, uh, just talking to some of you guys over the last couple of years, you know, uh, do you do your own setup? Do you have a setup team when it comes to your races? Uh, you know, do you, partner with somebody you know i know Pete guys are out there paying for uh professional setups on, on how to run some of these things so how do you go about your car setup for these things well you know I, that's a great question um you know when i first started i was i was getting any help i could get um you know when you when you first start out you really know nothing and i i didn't um so 
I had a lot of mentors along the way that helped me um, and, and teach me, you know, one piece of the car at a time and just learning what it does and how it affects everything else. Um, and then, and then, you know, eventually over the years, I've kind of gotten to the point where now, you know, I pretty much know what most of the things do and, and going into a track, uh, you know, for a particular series, I kind of know where I want to start. And then just from there, it's, it's, it's fine tuning in practice and whatnot. But, um, you know, it, it's just, you have to get to the point where you kind of know what you're looking for, or at least at minimum, know what the car should feel like. Sure. And then, you know, and that, that just takes time. I tell people that first start out all the time, you know, you just got to run laps, know how you like your car to feel and, uh, and, and then just get it there, you know? Absolutely. You could, you could, you could buy the best setup in the world, but if it doesn't fit your driving style, then it was a waste of money at that point in time. So exactly to, you know, finesse it, uh, to how, you know, your driving style fits. Like, what was it like? Uh, was it Jimmy Johnson, you know, wanted the car as loose as it could be. Jeff Gordon wanted it as tight as it could be, you know? So yeah, it, it didn't yeah. matter. You know, if, if you like it on the, you know, one side, you know, having the perfect setup on the other side isn't going to be good for you. So, Oh yeah, I've done that. Like I've given my setup to a few people that uh, helped me out and just to see what they could do with it. And a lot of times they'll say, Oh man, this is garbage. What, what is this? And I'll say, I've, I've won several races. I said, what are you talking about? But you know, for me, I'm one of those guys. I'm more of a Jeff Gordon. I like it tight. Um, I do not like things sliding off. Uh, but I know guys, that will run it all the way loose and hanging against the wall or, you know, and I, it's just not me. I'm not a Kyle Larson. Right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Larson, what'd you think of the race in this past weekend? It was good. Um, you know, I'm still not sure how I feel about this repave. You know, I, I like Daytona and Talladega as much as the next guy. Um, but I'm also, you know, pretty old school in the fact that I loved how, how the old Atlanta race, Absolutely. Um, you know, we saw so many cool races like Harvick and and uh, Jimmy and Jeff, you know, and and Earnhardt, you know, a lot of a lot of great races there that I remember. So, seeing it turn into like a plate track is is new to me. I I think it's kind of like the next gen car. It's kind of growing on me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I will say it was pretty exciting. You know, seeing some guys like Eric Jones and Corey LaJoy up there. You know, so. It was it was fun. If there's if for me, if there's one, you know, big positive from plate racing, uh, that is that uh, you know it will give an opportunity to somebody uh, that may not ordinarily be running up front at your typical mile and a half track or something like that to go out there and get a win. You know, and, and that yeah. that's what I do love. I hate the carnage that we get sometimes with them, uh, but yeah. that, that's definitely a uh, a very cool thing there when when that can happen um it's true from a uh a a fan perspective of of what your favorite style to watch is versus your favorite style to drive is that the same you know are you a short track guy road course guy you know what's your preference to watch and what's your preference to drive you know actually it's exactly the same uh i've always been a short track guy um, when I first started racing, that's kind of where I found my first success. 
Um, I, I was never a road course guy to start. I had to spend so many hours learning just how to drive the stock cars on those tracks. So sure. that, that took the longest to develop, you know, plate was, was, was fun, but I hated how I had no control of my situation most of the time. Yep. So, you know, and then mile and a half, um, were good and short tracks were good. But, um, you know, like you said, with the whole rig and everything, I didn't have a, a decent rig until later on. And I never realized that like the mile and a half ovals, how much that matters. Okay. And so for me, the short tracks was, was where I found my first success and I learned. Um, and as a fan, I love going to those tracks because you see everything. There's a lot of bumping and banging. There's a lot of good racing. Uh, you see, you just see everything crashes and, and racing and, you can sit in any seat in the house. Um, you know, it's loud. It's, you know, most of the time under the lights. So, you know, short tracks have always been my home for sure. Awesome. I love it. Um, all right. Uh, you recently uh, scored your 200th victory, which is awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. How, you know, 200 wins. How many attempts do we have? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I lost count, but <laughs> I think me and me and a friend were, were estimating just based on how often I race. And I would say I'm up anywhere between the five to 600 mark. Okay. As far as starts, um, maybe a little bit more than that, but yeah, I, I wish I kept track of that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I did keep track. I do, I do try to keep track as most as I can about most things. Like I, I have, you know, like wins and all-star wins, championships, uh, you know, mainly surrounded around the wins. Like, you know, where were they, what series, Absolutely. what year, you know, what platform, things like that. But so, as yeah. far as like starts and polls, I wish I wish I kept track of that. That I was going to ask you that. So what what is your favorite, uh, you know, car if you will to run is it you know the current version the old gen is it like a, a truck series you know what what's your favorite car truck uh you know year to go and and do some damage out there in and i i have to say you know i i've enjoyed racing all three of the the nascar national series but i i gotta say the trucks have always been the most fun hell yeah um <laughs> you know it's just you know what it is it, for me it's that the 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 margin of error is so small because everybody's so close and the power is not up there so it's so hard you know you just really got to be on it every single lap um but the good thing is is that it, you don't have as much wheel spin you don't have as much looseness in late runs as the cup cars and xfinity so there's a little bit you know, it's a little bit easier on the setup, but I think that's why it, it brings people closer together too. So sure. yeah, the, so, the trucks have always been the most fun. Where, where did the 200th win? What track was that at? It's funny um, how it happened. My uh, 200th came at the newest race, at least that I've raced on um, at the Indy Roval, because awesome. that was, that was added obviously later than, the other 30 tracks that we had. Um, so yeah, that, that, uh, <laughs> that was a track that took me a long to, especially not being a road course guy. It took me a while to even learn the track, but man, that is a tricky one to navigate. 
And what, uh, you know, what, what were you running for that one? That one I was running actually Xfinity cars. Okay. Um, last, uh, this, this current gen Xfinity car. Um, and I believe I was running, yeah, I was running the, the 88 I usually run. Uh, I've hopped in a whole bunch of different numbers over the years, but, sure. um, you know, I, uh, I, I, uh, the 88's always been a special number for me. Not, not any for a particular driver, even though some of my favorite drivers have raced in it, but I've always just liked that number. So very cool. Uh, do you have a win at Michigan? I do actually Excellent. Michigan's been one of my most successful, I would say. Fantastic. That's <laughs> my home track. So I love that. Very really? Cool. Yes. Yes. That's my home track. Uh, that's a great track because, uh, you know, it, it's without the plates, it, it really is the fastest track that NASCAR's had historically. So absolutely. Yep. It's always been, it's always been a cool place. And you know, it's funny. I, I typically don't do well at, uh, draft tracks just for, you know, less control of, of situation. Sure. And turns out that Michigan was oddly successful for me and, and not for all the other draft tracks, which is so <laughs> weird, but cool. I don't know what it is about that place, but yeah, I, I love it. So you mentioned at the start, uh, you know, working and all that kind of, what, what's the primary gig? What, what, what's, what's the daytime thing? Oh man. So I am actually a mechanical engineer. Awesome. Um, I went, I went to school at uh, upstate New York, RIT, uh, for my master's. And, uh, I actually, my first, um, internship was at a, a you probably familiar being from Michigan, uh, Magna, uh, powertrain. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I, I served an internship there in their powertrain division, actually working on, um, if you read motor trend and all of that, uh, the new electric, uh, uh, e-beam for the, the trucks and delivery vehicles. Okay. So I was part of that project. Um, and then now I work for a company called, uh, ASML out in, uh, Connecticut. They do a lot of, uh, semiconductor work. Cool. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've always been interested in, in machines and, in cars ever since I was little working on cars with my dad. So. I uh, said, so why not make a career out of it? Very cool. I love it. Um, have you raced in Landon and Parker's e-racer series? Not yet. Uh, that's, that's one of the goals, you know, eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still more on the table, right? So not yet. Absolutely. I love it. So that's what, what else is, uh, you know, what, what are some of the next goals that you want to hit or, you know, are you, uh, you know, up there in a championship uh, contention in, in any league right now. What's 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 the future look like? Uh, well, I've actually yeah. Uh, it it seems like it the the way that seasons go. It always seems like the same times of the year. Always like playoff time. So yeah, I'm actually in uh, four uh, title hunts right now. That'll probably end around August. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I guess. The, the next goals for me would be um, I have this goal to to win a race on every track in every series. Um, nice. You know, it doesn't matter what gen or everything, but, yep, yep. you know, and I'm actually so when I when I got like 100, 150 wins, I'm like, man, if I get to 200, I'm good. And I didn't, I, you know, winning at every track, every series seemed like a 
very distant goal. I'm like, if I could just win at every track, I'd be good. Right. I Turns think, out. I think you switched your number to 43. Cause, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, man, somebody said that to me, right? I, um, but I'm only like five away at this point and wow. I can't believe it. So now that I'm so close, I'm like, well, that goal's not very far now. So right. I'm going to pursue it. That's um, awesome. you know, I mean, I'll, I'll race any track that comes up on the schedule, but you know, I'm going to put a little bit more emphasis on those few that I've got left. Um, you know, obviously championships and stuff, um, are always good to have. Um, but me as a driver, I never focus on championships and people look at me funny a little bit, but the reason is, is because, um, mo you know, when I win races, I know that it's because, you know, I, I worked hard in that race and I did a good job and, and you know, that if I lose a race or something happens, you know, there's always another one, yep. but as far as championships go, especially with the playoff format now, sure. You could, somebody could take you out, right. You know, and you lose an entire championship in a whole season, Absolutely. you know, yep. just like that. So yep. if I measured my success based on championships, I'd be a really sad person, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> how many so. times a week are you, uh, do you run a race? Oh, uh, well at peak, I was running every day of the week. Okay. But um, I've kind of trimmed that back a little bit now. I, I run between three to five days a week, um, okay. you know. So, but I try to, yeah, I try to stay active. You know, weekends get pretty busy sometimes, you know, especially sure. uh, with NASCAR on and everything. But, yeah, yeah, I race quite a bit. So, Very cool. you know. Any, uh, do you have any sponsors on the car? Um, well, actually, I have an affiliate ship with uh, Plan B Sales, or with now Circle B Diecast, yep. um, that's been going on for several years. So cool. I'm happy to uh, be with them. And uh, yeah, I'm honestly looking for more. Um, you know, it's it's been tough to come by, especially with the 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 economic climate we're in right now right absolutely you know? yeah yeah but uh you know a couple of the series i've been in though had all sponsorships i know um one of the uh the championships i just won that whole series was sponsored by jerky pro and uh seat geek and a couple of others so um it's been nice to to see all that come together and uh but yeah i'm definitely looking for more sponsorships for sure very cool uh do you stream on twitch while you're racing or no i do um most times i do uh my i i've had to get new internet because it's it's been a little spotty lately but uh yeah i i do stream regularly on twitch it's uh just mr slide job no no numbers after it unfortunately it was taken for some weird reason oh, but wow. okay um yeah yeah but uh yeah, so I do I do stream on Twitch. Um, haven't gotten to a a partner, but I, I have gotten to affiliate. So cool. We're uh, we're moving on there. It's nice to nice to to see some support on that channel. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, where can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, well, I I'm mostly active on Twitter. Um, I post most wins. Um, you know, any milestones. Uh, you know, any, any kind of big race updates, highlights and stuff like that on my Twitter. Um, if it's anything like significant or a longer video, um, cause I do do, uh, highlight videos periodically, those all go on my YouTube. 
And so that's that's just Mr. Slide Job 1996 on YouTube. So uh, any any of the longer stuff, also you know podcasts that I'm on, I try to put copies of on there, and interviews, stuff like that. But if it's something short or pictures, uh, that all goes on the Twitter. So those are my two most active accounts, other than the the Twitch uh, live. So awesome. that's usually you can find me. Very cool. Well, man, thanks for hopping on tonight. I appreciate it. Glad to uh, get to talk to you. I haven't had anybody uh, from the iRacing world on in a minute. So uh, honored to have a 200 race winner on the show. And, uh, you know, definitely keep in touch and uh, we'll get you back on sometime down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love to check in again. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you having me. So Absolutely. thank you for that. Absolutely. All right. Lap Traffic Nation. There you have it. Mr. Slide Job himself on the lab traffic podcast all right man we'll talk to you soon sounds good thank you yeah we'll see ya all right let's talk the truck series from mid ohio this weekend i gotta tell you uh it's it's probably the best week best race of the weekend in my opinion um i know a lot of us probably would have just preferred all three series to be at mid ohio than back at atlanta this weekend uh get to that here in just a minute uh first off congrats to parker kligerman for just getting the job done dominating the race i tell you i wish he could run the whole damn series because he could make a run for the championship no doubt about it if he was out there uh, and competing for this thing, which is awesome. Parker, good friend of the show, uh, which was great to see him get to victory lane. Uh, great to see a hell of a finish with him and Zane Smith towards the end of that thing there. Uh, Michigan native Carson Hosevar, uh, who might be on the show next week as well uh, as uh, MIS and Firekeepers there, which would be very cool. We'll uh, see if we can can't put that together. Uh, side, uh, so, so that was obviously a side note. But um, all right, so a couple things. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, um, obviously a, a strong pick each and every week for lap traffic fantasy, rightfully so, because through 15 races, uh, he has finished inside the top 10 uh, 10 times, and he has finished outside the top 10, outside the top 20, the five other times. It is either top 10 for John Hunter or 24th or worse. Like, there is no in-between. He either has it or he doesn't, uh, but fortunately for most of the time, he has it uh, inside the top 10. I think we're all a little surprised, though. Uh, that he only has one win so far this season. Uh, a couple second-place finishes. Got that win at Darlington uh, a while back. But, um, yeah, it's top 10 or bust for uh, John Hunter, it seems like, this season. And uh, we'll see if they can't dial that in here as things come to a close. Uh, and I say close. What's coming to a close is the truck series uh, regular season. Coming to a close. One more race to go at Pocono. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, which is going to be exciting. Uh, Pocono will definitely be a little bit of a wild card race for those guys in the trucks as uh, the Pocono truck race definitely delivers. Um, the thing is, is that it's really going to have to be win or bust for somebody. Uh, I mean, maybe Derek Krause can pick up. Uh, 20 some odd points on Matt Crafton in 10th. Uh, but it's, it's really an interesting 
shakeup here as far as I'm concerned on how the truck series looks. I mean, Zane Smith, obviously at the top three wins, John Hunter favorite, Chandler Smith favorite, uh, you know, Stuart Friesen seems to be boomer bust as well. Uh, you know, when he's on, he's on, uh, Ben Rhodes, our truck champ from last year, uh, is sitting there with a win. But then it's you, you got Ty Majeski, Christian Eckes, uh, Carson Hosevar, Grant Enfinger, Matt Crafton. Um, you know, last year, Ben Rhodes, you know, he won the first race, won the last race and, and got that championship, kind of snuck into the final four and, and got the job done at Phoenix. Uh, you know, it, it's something like that's going to have to happen, I, I would say, for Zane or John Hunter not to win this championship. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. As you guys all know, what kind of a truck series fan I am, uh, you know, that we're talking about a winless uh, sixth place, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth on down. Uh, you know, really was hoping Tyler Ankrum would have made a little bit more noise, uh, would have loved, you know, truck series veteran Matt Crafton to have made some noise. Uh, Grant Enfinger, her first year at GMS, uh, struggling a little bit there. Matt Benedetto was really nowhere to be found uh, this season, you know, so definitely some uh, ho-hum uh, moments, if you will, throughout the truck series this season, uh, but definitely looking forward to the playoffs because it is a, you know, shorter field and it knocks it down uh, very quickly, it seems like, once the playoffs get rolling there. So uh, not to disparage the truck series by any means, but, uh, you know, We'll, uh, we'll hope for a much more exciting truck series playoffs than some of the last uh, couple races have pro uh, provided for us. All right, uh, let's talk a little Xfinity series. Great to see Austin Hill get the job done on uh, Saturday as well. Uh, he hasn't been to victory lane since Daytona, which is uh, great to see him in his rookie year transitioning from the truck series over to the Xfinity series now with uh, with two wins sitting there. Nice, uh, you know, midway of the uh, points pack, two wins, all that good stuff. Uh, so nice job there. Uh, nice run by Ryan Truex, who hasn't been in the ride in a minute there. Uh, Tyler Reddick uh, backed up his cup win last week with a uh, top five in the Xfinity series this week which is great. Uh, Landon Castle with the top 10. Um, all good things. Here's my only gripe with the Xfinity Series this year. Uh, and I've, I've had this rant in years past, uh, but I did not have to have it last year, which is, which is cool. Uh, it's a very exciting Xfinity Series, right? I mean, we've got seven drivers uh, with uh, different wins inside the top 12 now, which is awesome. Uh, and I would say that uh, we could realistically get another first time season winner uh in the xfinity series what i don't like is we are definitely moving away from a bubble perspective uh with a lot of racing to go still in the regular season which that i'm not a fan of by any stretch um you know you look at landon castle in 12 421 um you got Anthony Alfredo in 13th with 341. You know, we're talking an 80-point difference from the last playoff spot to the first out, uh, like I said, with, with a lot of racing still to go in the regular season. So uh, I, I don't see any of these guys making up that kind of a points difference. So unless somebody outside the top 12, um, you know, gets a win, which is possible. There's some road courses and all that left. I, I get that. Uh, but realistically speaking, 
the top 12 in our point standings in the Xfinity series is our playoff grid, which is a bummer, uh, you know, with, like I said, so much more racing to go in the regular season. Now, that said, I think we will have a very exciting playoff uh, series for the Xfinity series. Uh, like I said, you, you've got AJ Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, Justin Allgaier, uh, Noah Gregson, Austin Hill, you know, all these guys could potentially go make a bid for it. So once they get rolling, I think it'll be great. Uh, I just am not a fan of the fact that we don't have a bubble picture, if you will, uh, that always rubs me the wrong way for whatever reason that might be. All right. Uh, let's talk about the cup race on Sunday. Um, all right, uh, let's start with Chase Elliott. Obviously, awesome. Uh, yeah, Austin Hill from Georgia picking up the win at Atlanta. Chase Elliott getting his first win at Atlanta. Uh, very cool moments there, which is great and, and very exciting. Uh, Chase Elliott dominating first driver to three wins this season. So, you know, things going great there. Uh, what I really want to focus on is Ross Chastain because it is just so amazing how – just two, three years ago, Ross Chastain was the Cinderella story. He was the Cinderella story in the truck series uh, with Nice Motorsports and made a bit of a championship, had that win taken away. Everybody was, you know, all for him, all that good stuff. Um, you know, then they had the, uh, the the DC Solar deal in the Xfinity series with uh, uh, Chip Ganassi, and, and that whole thing was the debacle, and everyone just pulling for Ross Chastain. Uh, and, and now Ross has his cup ride. He's in there. He's winning races. And now uh, people aren't liking his racing style. And I got to wonder, you know, is he racing any different now than he was in the Xfinity series and in the truck series? Uh, because I, I can't imagine that his style of racing is all that different. Uh, it's just that now... Uh, you know, maybe Chase or Ross Chastain isn't your favorite driver in the Cup Series, like he may have been in the Truck Series. So you didn't care who he wrecked or got into a situation with, to where now maybe Chase Elliott's your favorite driver, or Joey Logano, or whoever the case may be. Maybe your favorite Cup driver isn't Ross, and you were a fan of his before, but now you're not, and that just is very interesting to me because. You know, I, I love the 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 Cinderella aspect of his uh, story, if you will. I love the fact that he transitioned, overcame all of this, picked up, you know, winning races, uh, you know. So from that regard, the the heat that he is taking is is very interesting to me. Um, so there's that. Uh, all right. Where was everybody? Uh, at Atlanta. That's that's what I'd like to know. There was nobody in those grandstands. Uh, it literally looked like an ARCA race or a uh, an off truck race when no one was, you know, like that was that was bare bones. If I've ever seen a race, you know, that's a that's a Monday rain delay three o'clock start kind of thing because of weather on Sunday uh, crowd there. That was that was something. Uh, I was very surprised uh, to see such a small attendance there. Um, you know, and hey, we very well may see that again down the road. You know, I have no idea what Michigan's going to look like. Uh, I'd like to think the fact that uh, uh, we, we had some decent racing there the last couple of years, the fact that we only have the one race now, uh, you know, so I don't, I'm not going to, 
I was, I was just surprised. Um, you know, I, it, it's a shame to see all the effort that goes into putting on a race weekend, uh, you know, and whether that's from the TV, the, the teams and the stuff that they do for the fans, uh, you know, track setups with, you know, sponsors and promotions and all that kind of stuff. Um, man, that was crazy. Um, all right. The important piece that I want to talk about is, uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we've got 13 winners through 19 races. Um, we've got four more races, or I'm sorry, we have seven races to get four more winners to get us to that a lucrative 17th winner uh, so that somebody with a win does not make uh, the playoffs. You know, Corey LaJoy, man, what a bum. Almost got the win there. That would have been something else for sure and definitely would have thrown a, uh, a wrench into some things there. Um, is it possible to get four more winners? You know, Ryan Blaney could have gotten it done this past weekend. Very well could get it done. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, uh, I mean, you got Kevin Harvick, Eric Almirola. You know, I'd like to assume Kevin Harvick should be able to get a win. I still believe he's got all the skill in the world to get it done. I just don't think the the cars are there for them. Uh, you know, so I'm not even going to count that unless it's like a Daytona thing. Maybe uh, Eric Jones could possibly get a win. Um, you know. Austin Dillon could sneak one in. Uh, th there is the potential, especially because that seventh race is Daytona, uh, that anything can happen. I really wanted to see a first winner this weekend. Uh, I think we would have needed that to make something happen. You know, we got the we got Tyler Riddick, which is awesome. His first win at Road America a couple weeks ago. Uh, but four and seven, man, that is a tall order. Right there, I would say, considering is how it's Martin's or New Hampshire, uh, Pocono, Michigan, uh, Daytona. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the couple other handfuls uh, in in between there, but uh, man, I I would sure love to see it happen. Um, all right, uh, there's the race talk for uh, this week. Uh, I am excited to get Detroit native. Uh, Armani Williams, who's uh, running the truck series with uh, Rayun Brothers Racing on a part-time basis here. Uh, so let's get Armani on the line. All right, Alant Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He is the first NASCAR driver openly diagnosed with autism. He is the driver, the number 33, with the Rayun Brothers Racing Team and is basically my neighbor from Gross Point, Michigan. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Armani Williams. Armani, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. It's, it's an honor. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, man. So, um, what's uh, what's new? What's ex what's exciting? What you do for the Fourth of July? You know, what's uh, how's the summer been going? Um, summer's been really good. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I got a chance to go on vacation at Fort Lauderdale with my family, which was nice. Uh, you know, got to do some fishing, got to hang out at the pool, the beach, and so. Uh, you know, weather there was definitely hot for sure. You know, I, I definitely had a tan going for like a few days while I was down there. So, but I mean, honestly, I haven't got to do that for oh, quite a long time. So, you know, it was, it was refreshing to have that. So uh, it was a pretty good 4th of July. So uh, really enjoy it. But, uh, you know, otherwise, um, you know, just been uh, chilling here, you know, um, got a race coming up in about, uh, um, not this week, but uh, 
next Saturday at a Pocono. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Well, we'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, but first, you know, as I, as I mentioned, when I brought you on here, we're both from Michigan. We're both Detroit, Metro Detroit natives. Uh, it's awesome to have the Motor City truly represented on the show tonight. Uh, what are your, what are some of your favorite things to do in Michigan, Metro Detroit? Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, what's best about Michigan, like, Obviously, you, you get to enjoy the beautiful weather like during the summer season. But, you know, um, there's a lot of good places to eat. You know, I like I'm a guy that likes to go eat yes. out a whole lot, you yes. know. Um, so, you know, um, that's what I like to do. There's even a pool right where I live that I like to go hang out at. Um, I mean, I think it's just basically, you know, you get every opportunity to go outdoors and do some things. Um, I think like for the most part, you know, I'm a sport, I'm a sports guy. So when racing doesn't come into mind, you know, I, I like football. And so we, we got our Detroit Lions. Like, yeah. like we'll nearby, to, we know? should go to a game, man. I don't, don't ask me why, but I've got season tickets. You and I, we should go to a game and uh, we could make a little social media thing out of it or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I like to try and uh, go to a game this season, Absolutely. you know, with what's you, been going on. You've been to Comerica Park at all this summer? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's been a while for me, you know, but, um, the tigers, you know, things have been getting a, a little rough with them, you know? So, <laughs> so like, I haven't got a chance to go, but I mean, Hey, you know, one of these days I, I like to just go hang out, you know, like have a beer, things of that nature. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, man, it's your first time on the show. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your journey, you know, how you got into racing and, and where you're at right now. Yeah. So, you know, it, it all started at a very, very early age for me. I was so young. Um, I was kind of fascinated with cars at first. Like I, I would have a collection of hot wheel and matchbox cars and I would just play with them like nonstop, whether it was on the floor or on the kitchen table. I do. I would do that. In my mom and my dad's, especially my grandparents for sure. And, um, one time I, I heard about NASCAR and I'm, and I was thinking to myself, you know what, it, it, this sounds pretty cool. I, I got to check this out, see what it's all about. And, you know, they would play it on television on the weekends as they still do. And, you know, what, what caught my eye right away was just how fast the cars are going, like 180, 190 miles an hour. I mean, it just seemed, seemed insane to me. I'm like, no way these guys are going that fast. Right. <laughs> but, um, well, if you see yeah. people drive down 696, you know, it kind of puts right. it into perspective. I mean, it just seemed unimaginable <laughs> to me, but darn, it was so cool, you know, and, uh, just how cool the paint schemes looked, how aggressive the drivers were, you know, just the moves they would make on the track. And, uh, you know, it, it went from loving cars to now loving racing. And, you know, it, my interest got up even more the more times I watched it to the point where I, I even told my dad that I want to be a professional race car driver. And, you know, given like the type of life that I've been, I'm had to live with, with uh, autism, you know, just trying to find things that interest me. Uh, my, my parents recognized the same thing. And, you know, so they supported me wanted to be a race car driver. And so I started racing when I was eight years old in the go-karting division, started out in uh, Jackson, Michigan, where they would have an oval and a road course there. And, um, you know, just started racing go-karts and quite honestly, like 
almost a lot of race car drivers, that's where they get their start at is go-karts. And um, had some really good success there. And then I, I moved up into racing mini cup cars. Now with these NASCAR stock cars, like these, these were kind of like almost a, a mini version of it. And so, you know, had 18 wins, two championships to go along with it. So great success in that division. Um, and then moved up into the Arkansas Pro Series where we raced a, a lot in Michigan here, and but also in Indiana, Ohio. Um, had a, a lot of great moments there, you know, got a lot of top fives. That was, uh, I think, first African-American driver to finish high in the points or you know, finish, um, highest in a race. You know, I think my highest was like a, a third or fourth. I can't remember, but, uh, you know, I had a, had a really good time in the truck series that same year. Um, I was invited to NASCAR driver diversity program down in, uh, new Smyrna. I think it's new Smyrna beach, uh, Florida, whatever it is, but, uh, you know, a really great program, you know, gave a lot of drivers like me, like as far as minorities an opportunity to continue moving up the ladder in NASCAR. Um, although I wasn't fortunate, I was not fortunate to, you know, get uh, selected to drive for, you know, their team, which was ref racing that are racing in ARCA today. Um, NASCAR saw the potential of me and they suggested that, um, I uh, move up to NASCAR, but race in a series called NASCAR Penty Series, which is um, a series up in Canada. And so you can imagine like having a race outside the country, you know, sure. it just felt like a cool experience. You get to see a different culture of racing, you know, and uh, uh, it, it was such a great time. Like I got to learn a lot, of, you know, how to be a pro driver, how to be fast, be able to keep up with the drivers that I was racing against, like, DJ Kennington, Alex Tagliani, who's a former Indy 500 pull center, you know? So, I mean, those are guys I had to race against. And also um, Alex LeBay, who's in the Xfinity series right now. So a um, lot of talented drivers learned a lot and the fans and just calls for racing there was just incredible. You know, they, they made me feel uh, welcome in my time there. You know, That's it was just awesome. one of the nicest fans I've, I've ever seen. So uh, that was great. And then, I came back to the U.S. in what was then known as the NASCAR Cane and West and East Series and ran some races there in Memphis, um, Washington, you know, New Hampshire, a host of others. And then 2020, moved up to ARCA and raced at Phoenix and my home track here in Michigan. So uh, that was an exciting time. Got my uh, first ever ARCA top 10 there. And then last year, I made my NASCAR Camp World Truck Series debut at Gateway. And then um, just recently this year, you know, was going to make a start for in my first start in 2022 um, at Texas Motor Speedway. But, you know, fortunately, just mechanical failures, you know, took us out of like competing for that race. But, uh, you know. You got to put that in the rearview mirror and uh, got another great opportunity coming up here soon, racing at Pocono July 23rd. And so I'm excited to just have another shot at getting back on the racetrack and, you know, doing well there. Awesome. Uh, what are you doing when you're not at the track? Yeah. So, you know, um, I like to cook a lot at home for my family, you know, i like to cook anything that I find off of Google or Food Network or whatever, you know, and just make it at home. Um, you know, and then 
I like to, you know, go on nice, uh, warm vacations, you know, as I did recently. I also like to watch movies, you know, there, there's always new, new movies that come out of theater that I like to check out. So I love to do that. I like listening to music as well. Like I'm into rock hip hop, but mainly though, like rock music, if I had to listen to any sort of music before I get into a car, it'd be rock music, you know, give me anything that just (laughs) pumps me up, fires me up, you know, and I'm I'm ready to kill. So, um, I like that. Um, but um, really like if I'm not on the racetrack, so any race that I know I'm going to compete in, like we got this eye racing that we have and the boy has, has it been a game changer for us drivers? Just, you know, be able to learn a track that you've never raced on before, before you actually do the real thing is so invaluable. It's so beneficial. And so like, I, I spent a lot of time on the eye racing simulator, just however many hours I have to be on it, just learning, perfecting my craft, you know, learning any sort of vehicles that maybe I may not race, but I may race down the road, all these tracks that are around America, you know, just learning how to get around them and be faster. I, I spend a lot of hours, however many hours uh, I need to be on there. So, you know, it just, it just keeps me sharp and focused. Awesome. That's great, man. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the, the autism side of things. You were diagnosed at a very early age. Uh, talk about some of the challenges that that created for you, whether, you know, growing up, going through a school, uh, and and how it's, it's impacted, you know, your racing career, uh, you know, any kind of different prep or anything like that before you get into the car, you know, talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, I was diagnosed on the spectrum at two years old, but the interesting part of it. Uh, um, about that was that I, I didn't really know about it yet. You know, I was, I thought I was just like these normal kids, you know, probably just having a different personality, nothing wrong with it. Everybody's different in the world. But uh, I think what really struck me was the fact that I was trying so hard to just make as many friends as possible. And uh, from what I learned, just being on the autism spectrum, there are the challenges of, you know, social interaction and communication. And so knowing that, um, you know, of course I, I had to go through, get some help through therapy, like occupational speech therapy, anything really. But I kind of took the initiative just, just learn more of what autism was all about and, you know, figure out what exactly do I need to do myself in order to overcome these challenges. Um, and so, you know, having to do all of that. Like I, first of all, I, I appreciate the support of my family for helping me through this, you know, cause it's not an easy thing to, you know, go through, you know, sure. you, you need a lot of support. You need a lot of people that are able to understand you, you know, and are willing to help you as much as possible. And honestly though, ha- like I, I knew about this, like I think right around the time, I was around middle school. Like I didn't know about it yet at a young age, but you know, my, before I probably got into middle school, you know, my parents thought it was time for me to know and all the thing. And I almost had to go through the back of my mind to just sort of think about the experiences I had and why am I having these challenges? What are the things I experienced? And honestly, had I not known about that early on, I don't know how my life would have been right now, you know, and the fact that I've been able to find 
what really brings me joy and happiness, which is racing and just being able to, you know, work hard. What I wanted to do in life was to be a professional race car driver. You know, it's just, I just couldn't appreciate just how much support my family and everybody else uh, have given me. And, you know, and that I've taken the initiative to overcome the challenges I have. And now I'm able to find what type of person I want to be. What does my personality need to be? And, you know, all that has helped with not only my family, but just the love of racing, you know, has helped me get through all those challenges. Sure. So, you know, the, the, the ability to focus on racing, does that help you? Like, you know, when you, you know, race day, like, you know, are you just able to zone in, you know, or, or, you know, would you maybe have to do something different that maybe, you know, someone that doesn't have autism before they strap in, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, with people with autism, we have a laser light focus on things. So I would say something I like to do for a race. Um, honestly, like, as I mentioned before, I like to listen to music. I think, you know, having to listen to music just to get you fired up, you sure. know, definitely yeah. helps a long way. I think for me, I like to almost be connected with the crew that I'm racing for, you know, just to be able to get understand them, get an understanding of the car that I'm going to, I'm going to drive. So that way I know what to do out on the racetrack, you know, like I, I think for me being a race car driver, you know, you have to know the vehicle you're racing on. You, you kind of want to know a little bit of the mechanics and what you're going to be dealing with, you know? So I try to, you know, make a relationship to the crew as much as possible, you know, um, because, you know, it can go a long way. You know, you might be working for them full time. And so, you know, you get to know them, get to know what they do, you know, and just be able to understand your racing vehicle and what you're about to go up against. So, you know, I, I pride myself a lot on that. <laughs> awesome. No, that's great, man. Um, so listen, you know, being from Metro Detroit, I gotta, have you ever heard of Freddie the pizza man? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he actually invited me over to his pizzeria one time to do an interview, but re really great guy, really passionate about, you know, pizza, you know, but especially, you know, sports in general, like he really follows like anything sports in general around Detroit, you know, he's really big into that, but re really great guy. Um, you know, I, I still need to go back to his pizzeria and try his pizzas because I, I heard they're really legit. And, you know, I'm surprised. I'm I'm kind of almost mad at myself that <laughs> I haven't done it sooner. But like I like to I like to do that sometimes. I tell you, so Barstool gave him one of the highest pizza ratings ever, which is awesome. But, uh, you know, Freddie's a very good friend of mine. Uh, I, I would love to get you guys hooked up uh, just because of what he does. Uh, for autism. Uh, he's got a 501c3 autism charity. Uh, his son has autism uh, and his charity work involves building sensory rooms and schools in Metro Detroit. Uh, he, he's just a, a great, great human being. And, uh, you know, I, I think you guys would, uh, would, would benefit greatly from uh, an introduction there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like, that was one of the reasons, that was one of the reasons that like, how I met uh, Freddie, you know, was the fact that his kid was on the autism spectrum. And you, you just think about like people like Freddie, just being as a parent, you know, having to deal with a child with autism, you know, it's just 
such a tough thing to do. But like, honestly, though, he, he's used it as a way to help give back to the autism community, you know, and yep. that's great for people that do something like that, you know, so like, Freddie, he's a really great guy and really cares a lot about people and, you know, other human beings. Yeah, he's great. He's great, man. Uh, okay, so you mentioned we're going to see you at Pocono. Uh, who's going to be on the truck at Pocono and uh, any other plans lined up this season? Yeah, so I'm going to be in the number 33 MD exclusive um, Chevrolet or Toyota Tundra, whatever that may be, at uh, Pocono, July 23rd um it's gonna be uh we're gonna be racing at 12 noon be broadcast on fox sports one but i also got uh, other partners along with md exclusive like uh, ice cook technology duck Fluey, uh, for autism foundation and then fizz and mesa you know all our great partners you know that all, most of them are connected to what i like to do you know with using my racing platform to help get back for autism so like these companies like the Duck Fluey Foundation for Autism, you know, MDX Exclusive, Visit Mesa, they're really big in helping to get back to the autism community. And so, you know, we just felt like uh, it was a great match to be able to connect with those companies and be able to support me and racing and that, you know, we can do a lot of great things for autism, you know, not just for this year, but like down the road. Absolutely. That's great, man. Uh, it's a bummer. The trucks are, are not going to be at MIS this year, but uh, are you going to be uh, able to make it to uh, Michigan International Speedway in a couple weeks? Um, I'm, unfortunately not, but like, hey, if, if anything comes up, you know, that could change. But yeah, quite honestly, I, I would I would have loved to see the trucks back at MIS. Like, you know, I don't know why, but it just seemed like a fun track for those trucks to get around. You know, you saw some amazing finish the last few years they raced there. Um, so I, I like to see it back. But, uh, you know, I, I will say even despite of all that, I, I was fortunate enough to race there at MIS and in, in Arca series, you know, having to gone there a few times as a kid, just seeing how wide and fast the track is, you know, just dreaming of racing there. And, uh, you know, just glad I got the opportunity there, but, um, you know, may not happen this year, but you know, some things could change like with a snap of the finger. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, listen, uh, where can everybody follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, people can follow me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Team Armani Racing. Also on Facebook, you can follow me and like my three pages as well as with Armani Williams at my personal page. And then I got a business page and then even a Race for Autism page as well. It's my uh, own uh, foundation in helping to get back to the autism community. You know, and then you can follow me, Team Armani Racing, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then I even got my own website, too, at, um, you know, Team Armani Racing, you know, where you get to learn more about me, you know, and what I'm trying, what I'm doing to help give back to, you know, autism and what we're all about. So, uh, you know, that's where people can, um, you know, follow me there. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you, especially being Detroit natives, both of us. Uh, best of luck to you at Pocono in a couple weeks and look forward to talking with you real soon, man. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. 
All right, Lab Traffic Nation, there you have Armani Williams. Great to have him on the show. Great to have somebody so close. Like, literally, he's like 20 minutes from me. So that's that's awesome. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed his story. Can't wait to see how he does at Pocono and uh, all that good stuff. So, all right. I think it's time for a little Lab Traffic social media. All right, let's do a little Lab Traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, uh, Facebook, The Lab Traffic Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. Uh, if you've made it this far into the show, leave a review. Tell your friends they can listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, or your favorite hosting site. Be on the lookout next weekend for tickets to uh, or an announcement on how to win tickets to MIS. Uh, there'll be some other prize packs on the way. Huge shout out to Ad Atlanta Racing and the Throwback brand for uh, all of their combined efforts with some giveaways that Atlanta Racing's doing, which is awesome. Uh, and we've got some new followers, Rusty Turner at Rusty T79, a NASCAR fan from Georgia, and Brandon Norton at B Norton underscore nine, Chase Elliott fan from Georgia, which is awesome. Uh, don't forget. Uh, stickers, koozies, all that good stuff. I've got them if you want them for free. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, with your name and address, and I will send them out to you for free. There's uh, also T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, all that good stuff on the Lap Traffic store. And uh, we'll see what uh, comes down the pipe and all that good stuff. So uh, let's keep things rolling. Let's get the doctor back in the house. It's Mr. Aaron Studwell. All right, Lab Traffic Nation joining me back on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at RaceWeather along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. It's the Dr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? Oh, good evening, sir. I'm doing well on yourself. I, I am good. I'm good. Uh, glad to have you back. It's uh, It's been a minute. So last week, uh, took the, the week off for the holiday. And then the week before that, uh, you were scheduled. Something came up. Uh, I did the I did the weather forecast, but uh, that was like the first time in a long time that we didn't have a, a scheduled uh, weather segment, which, hey, shit happens. No big deal. But I was just like, well, I guess I'll do it on my own. And the perfect weekend for that to have happened because it was Road America with just the most picture perfect forecast ever. Yeah. And I'm still. You know, I was sick then, and I'm and we were talking before we got on. Yeah, like I'm still holding on to this thing, and right? you might like, be able to hear my voice. I'm <laughs> flying today. I'm still well, coughing. That'll I'm do still it right there, being this in the is, air. Yeah. Oh, you, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> then you then you cough or you sneeze on a flight. Uh, oh God. Yeah, they still. Yeah, everybody's head whips <laughs> around. It's like no, no, no. I took I took a home test. It's not COVID. Right. Yeah. That's a, yeah. You can't sneeze in public anymore, man. Like it no. is. It is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, well, glad you're glad you're better and uh, glad to have you back. Of course, as always, we've got a lot to cover here in the next uh, 15 minutes. Um, I want to start with the news. Uh, and just because of your Michigan football tie, uh, I'm going to make the, the tie to uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, did you see that it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's it's not Kansas City, it's not Dallas, but it's the Detroit Lions with the highest paid offense in 2022. Uh, I demand a refund. <laughs> uh, the season hasn't even happened yet. Right? I want to. I want to. I, I want to refund, refund on my season tickets. <laughs> 
Well, no, you know what? You you get you get apparel since you're a long time Detroit Lions season ticket holder. You just get this nice apparel, right? I mean, I tell you what, they sent me a Hawkinson jersey or a nice Hawkinson, uh, you know, hoodie. Um, I'd, I'd be okay with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse me. You get me all choked. You get me all right. You get me all choked up. No, I. And that's funny because I actually didn't see that news, and it is. It was. It's stunning. That is absolutely stunning to me, and I. I, I would want. To, I'm a numbers guy. Yep. The least surprising statement of the day. <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. I want to see the numbers and what the where the hell what 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 well what, where so, now to be fair it's it's not le- like Dallas comes in second and it's only by a million dollars and I say only because once you're talking, well, you put that in the, yeah put NFL that in your money it, yeah NFL <laughs> money you can say only with a million dollars with it I feel like but um, hey I mean, could you throw only a million dollars my way no I'm oh, shit if I only had a million dollars I I'd, I'd be all right. <laughs> See, only is a great word here because you can put it just about anywhere in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, uh, moving on. <laughs> yes, moving on. Uh, all right. Uh, next tidbit of information here. Uh, and I'm throwing the silly season music in here because some breaking news earlier today, uh, and I didn't talk about it at the start of the show because I figured I'd want to have some banter back and forth with somebody. Uh, Tyler Riddick going to... Uh, 2311 in 2024, not 2023, which makes the announcement all that much more interesting, in my opinion. Well, I would put that silly season music on a little bit of fade, it's just kind of quietly in the background. Right. Because this, okay, I had to read, I read it, I'm like, okay, I saw the news, then I read it again, I'm like, 2024. Like wait, this is twenty two. Yeah. Like what? What? And was and I, people don't have to have justifications. Like I said, I've been traveling today. Yeah. Was there any thought process on your part, media parts, funded part? Why? What? They just wanted to have the deal done. I guess Kyle's or Kurt's going to retire, well, and Ty, Ty moves in. So I mean, so here's my thing with it: is is okay. You could have done the deal behind the scenes. And made the announcement a year from now, and it's a lot easier of a pill to swallow from an RCR perspective. Like, you know, so what I had read and saw was that RCR knew that he was probably going to be leaving, you know, but okay. All of those conversations could have been had behind the scenes to where it's not made public. I, I don't understand well, I guess I would say the only thing that makes sense to me to make the announcement a year early or an entire season early was still having to finish up 2022 is that there's no sponsors. It was Denny Hamlin wanted Tyler Riddick. So he went out and got Tyler Riddick. So I wonder if they just made it public to hopefully have a year and a half to start drawing the sponsors in. That is the only thing that makes that I could see as why you would burn the risk burning bridges, I guess, if that's the right re- phrase to use for this situation, um, you know, with a year and a half still to go, because uh, I think, yeah, money's ahead. what drives this. Money's what drives the sport. Yeah, it's how I make a living. Yeah, kind of. And you've been, <laughs> but and you've been around it. The other part of it, I think, I think that's that's a lot of it, right? We've got now got a year and a half. Yep. If Bet MGM's not his, yep. I've got a year and a half to say he's going to be in the X car. Yeah. 
and he's going to start in 2024. Yeah. Here's what we can arrange. The other part that I think, okay, here I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer a question with a question. How long have you been around the sport in, in a media capacity? Uh, this is year six. Do you think there's any way that story is not getting out over a year? Fair, right? Because how many times have we gone and said, hey, this is the worst kept secret in NASCAR, right? So right. you might as well capitalize on your on your own making the announcement versus it being leaked throughout the garage and everybody just making the speculation about it. So at least they did get to cap. I mean, the way they you did control it on social the media was cool. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, they, they definitely got to do that. So I guess... That's a great perspective in terms of they got to determine and they got to say and have creative control on it versus us knowing it's coming, them deciding what track they're going to sit in the media center at and make the announcement. They got to do it on their on their own terms. So Right. Yeah, I wonder to what extent this is just kind of idle thinking here. What extent did they sit down and talk to Richard or Andy Petrie and say, Hey, I'm not coming back next year. Right. And or not coming back in 24. I'll be back right. next year and not coming back in 24. How do we want to handle this? How do we want to announce this? Because you can't be respect to, to want to do it right. in the best light for both teams. Right. You don't want to kick. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to kick him in the teeth because right. from a standpoint of I still got to drive for him for another eight, another year and a half. Right. You know, and it's, so I, I two things come to my mind with that. You just came off your first win. We are two weeks post your first cup win with an organization that's been struggling with an organization that you raced for for a minute in the Xfinity series. Like it looked like you could have been the person they were going to be able to rebuild around to a degree. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, which was, you know, so there's that aspect of it. Now you look at it like you had mentioned earlier, you know, you got the lame duck situation here. Like how. Other than the fact of knowing just how competitive pit crew members are and how competitive that job is, like, you know, where is the effort from your team to want to go out there knowing you're piecing out? You know, like that's 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 got, you know, even though everybody will say, no, we're, we, you know, we're racing for a championship. You know that that lingers in the back of the mind regardless. I, I would say, but the, the but still here is, the owner's championship still pays yep. no matter who's behind the wheel. Oh, sure. And if I mess up, if I'm a rear tire changer, right rear, rear tire changer, and I mess up, it's still my job. Absolutely. Well, and I that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Outside yeah, I know. of the yeah. fact of the competition aspect of knowing, hey, if I don't do a good job, I'm going to be out and I may not get another opportunity. Right. Uh, you know, that that may be the, the sole motivation which is unfortunate you know yeah but here's the other and one thing i will say though and we've seen this happen before he won't be in i, I would be surprised if he's in any team meetings between now and the end of, sure, end right. of 23 right like it's gonna be there's, you're going from gm to toyota yeah yeah that's man and that's where it's just man it's so interesting like you know all right you could have got you know you make the announcement you got to get through the next, uh, what do we got? Uh, 10, 16 races to go. Right. You know, all right. That that's, but to have to know, you got to go through an off season plus 36 more, man, that's, that's going to be, 
That's going to be a challenge, you know, and especially I, w I, I say that the challenge is going to be there based on the tweet from RCR. We're uh, proud of the accomplishments. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting directly. Right. Uh, you know, the, the end of the, the tweet saying it couldn't come at a worse time, this announcement, you know, so it's like if, if they would have said, hey, we're, we're proud. Thank you for everything you've done for our organization. We wish you the best. Uh, you know, th then at least they're not going to publicly admit of any sour taste in the mouth. They've publicly come out and say, hey, there's a sour taste in our mouth, you know. So that's going to make the next, you know, 50-some races, you know, a long 50-some races, I would think, you know. It, uh, this just popped in my head, too, and I don't think they would do it. But we've seen these kind of lame duck situations in the NFL. Yeah. Just bench them. Go sit down well, over there. You know, we'll, pay, wonder, we'll pay you the minimum. We'll pay you the minimum. The minimum on the contract. Yeah, I wonder you if can't they drive. Let him finish out this year, and I wonder what happens next year. You know, uh, that would be interesting. You know, maybe, maybe they just move up Noah early. You know, I, I, who knows what the the limitations are in the uh, in the contract. But and I, you know, and I've said this for six years because I believe Tyler Riddick was on the show year one of the podcast. I am a Tyler Riddick fan. I still am a Tyler Riddick fan. I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I was going to try to get him on over the next week or two. I don't know that that'll be a possibility yeah. now. Uh, nor, nor, even if I did, would this be, you know, this is way beyond my type of media style questions. Uh, you know, I, you know, this type of situation is your Bob Pockris, your Jeff Gluck type thing, not the lap traffic podcast. We're light. We're, well, but here's you know, the thing, that, though, too. You could probably get him around the playoffs. Yep. And he might enjoy doing something that's not Bob yeah, or Jeff that's true. or yep. something hardcore. Yeah. It's something It's like, hey, you've had a great season. I remember five, six years ago you are on. Yes. Look how much things have changed since then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you're going to get a list. You're going to get a list of controlled questions. Right. right? Yeah. What you can ask and what you can't ask. Yeah. And to me, you know, that's, that's you know. That's and fair. I, I get it. You know, so, yeah, but anyways, I love it. All right. Well, we, we got into the weeds there a little bit, which was fun, um, but it's still great NASCAR talk. It so. absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, all right. We are headed, uh, kind of over to your neck of the woods this weekend in Loudon, New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, what are, what are we looking like? Oh, you know, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be summer in New England. It's going to be, uh, probably cloudy, dry. Okay. We could see a little, little. It could be moist. That's what she said. Yes. Friday morning. <laughs> Friday morning. But once we get past some early, uh, early chances of rain, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, look great. Probably cloudy skies, highs in the mid 80s. Uh, real close to normal temperatures. No wind will not be a factor. Uh, bring your sunscreen. Bring your beer. Have a great time. And bring a really big pot for Larry the Lobster. Excellent. Yes, sir. You know. Uh, I, I, we've got like 90 seconds here. Um, uh, I am not a lobster fan. I am not a shellfish fan in general with the exception. I don't know. Is shrimp classified as shellfish? Yeah, not really. I mean, and, really. and shrimp's got, it's gotta be deep fried and, you know, in, with well, either like a yeah. coconut, uh, marmalade or a, a cocktail <laughs> sauce. Um, okay, Mr. Fancy Pants. I know, like I, and I've, I, I tried lobster 
you know, I thought, hey, I just haven't had it cooked right. I tried it one time in Boston, right? Like, if you're going to get it, like, there's the area to yep. have it prepared very well for you. And I still, I don't care how much butter and salt, I, I, I just... I, Ooh, I, salt! I, I, I mean, I put salt on everything. I mean, I was it trying is, everything. <laughs> is it a texture thing? Is it a taste it's, thing? It's is a little it just... bit of both. It's a little texture. It's a little taste. Like, Lindsay, she, she loves the lobster tails. She loves the king crab legs, like... And mm -hmm. I, I and now the funny thing is, you give me a nice, uh, you know, lightly pan fried calamari. I'm going to town on it. Like you give me some different kinds of white fish. I'm going to town on it. Um, but OK, crab crab cakes. No, nope, Hard pass. I'm out. See ya. OK, I'll take yep. yours. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Uh, and hey, real quick. Um, you are quietly kicking some ass in lap traffic fantasy. Um, I was surprised. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it this way. I was surprised. I'm like, well, is it, I thought I knew it was a good weekend. I knew, didn't think it was a great weekend. I knew it was a good weekend. Yeah. I'm like looking for myself because it, it automatically scrolls. I'm like going back, going back. Going yep. back. Like, when I'm looking down at the bottom of page one, I'm like, where am I? Okay, page two. Well, I'm not there. Let's go back to page one. Yeah. Third. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, a lot of us made up – a lot of people took Zane Smith and Ty Gibbs, and it burned a lot of people. So uh, some of us that didn't have that combo were able to rebound uh, quite nicely. So there you have it. Yeah. No, I'll take it. I'll cool. definitely take it. Um, All righty. Well, sir, great to have you back on. Uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Everybody make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at RaceWeather. And Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Good to catch up with you, sir. Good to catch up with you, too. Everybody, please head over to raceweather.net. Support our advertisers, support us, and uh, we'll be good to go. Sounds good, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Later. See ya. All right. Uh, after a couple-week hiatus, uh, it is time to bring back the lucky dog and lap down picks. Um, you guys know the drill. After a race weekend, tweet your lucky dog and lap down picks. I'll bring it back on the show. Tag you guys on uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, my lucky dog is uh, Chase Elliott and Austin Hill. Uh, you know, anytime the locals pick up a win is an awesome thing. Uh, lap down. Got to be Atlanta attendance. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, okay. Let's see what you guys had to say. Scott at 1985 Wagner's a lucky dog Atlanta racing for the track rework uh, lap down Ross Chastain. Any mistakes he makes gets people lightning torches. Uh, lucky dog, 99% lap down 1%. Uh, Corey LaJoy. So damn close. Absolutely. Scott, I'm, I'm with you there with the Ross too. I feel you. Uh, Brandon at Brandon K. Carl. My lucky dog goes to Parker Kligerman for getting the win at Mid-Ohio. It was so cool seeing that in person. Uh, my lap down goes to SMI. Pardon my pun, but their track record for absolutely ruining their racetracks with reconfigs is still 100% intact. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I think that is very evident by uh, the, the people that uh, didn't show up uh, this weekend. Uh, Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire. Lucky dog. The Elliott family and teams making more history. 
lap down Chastain for making the target on his back that much bigger. I love it. Uh, Dave at Real David Khan, uh, lucky dog. Ross Chastain that he was able to finish second. Lap down Ross Chastain. No way he wins the title. He's pissed off too many people. I love it. Uh, Jared at JTMOO86, lucky dog. Corey LaJoy, lap down Ross Chastain. Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan, lucky dog. Uh, Georgia driver sweeping the weekend in Atlanta, a lap down. Hamlin complaining about Chastain when he almost did the same thing to him earlier in the race. Uh, Josh at Javi Time J24, lucky dog. Chase winning at his home track, great finish at Mid Ohio. Uh, lap down. Ross continuing to make bad decisions on the track when they're not needed. Uh, Liam at Almost a Mechanic, lucky dogs go. Uh, good run for Spire Motorsports. Uh, lap down Chase Elliott's crappy move on Corey LaJoy. Ooh, rough. Oh, getting some heat there. Uh, Matt at Camper News Net. Lucky dog hometown Chase Elliott winning at his home track for the first time. A lap down Corey LaJoy was so close to his first career win, but so far. Uh, Matt at CH9SE fan. Uh, just wanted to chime in here. Uh, where to begin? Trucks at Mid-Ohio race. Uh, wicked finish. Xfinity was lacking. Not sure what happened. XRS so far. Soho uh, was the last two weeks been meh. Cup race was wild. So much good racing. Lots of passing upset drivers. We'll see you at the end. I love it. Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon. Lucky dog. The Sirene at the Pool Hall. It's getting a workout with another Chase Elliott win. Uh, lap down. Ross Chastain going to be a tough road ahead heading to the playoffs. And wrapping it up, uh, Tristan at Tristan Cole. A lucky dog. Definitely Austin Sindrick and Ryan Blaney both had top 10 finishes. Lap down. Ross Chastain. He's not learning from his so-called mistakes. He'll be on a few driver's radars. Oh, I love it, guys. Thank you so much for that. Um, all right. Let's keep things rolling. Normally, we'd be closing things out here with some lap traffic fantasy. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first, it's time to get Parker Retzlaff on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He's been driving since the age of seven. He's driven Bandoleros, the Midwest Truck Series, the Pro Dirt Series, K&N East, and currently the driver of the number 38 with Ryan Sieg Racing with three top 15s in just five starts in 2022. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Parker Retzlaff. Parker, what's going on, man? Nothing, just, just hanging out, just waiting for the next race and doing some iRacing stuff and and every other kind of race and get myself involved in just wait until the next one. That's awesome, man. Uh, how was your 4th of July? Do you anything fun? Uh, I didn't, I didn't really do anything fun since now I don't, I live down here in Mooresville. So I ain't by all my family and everything up there, but I kind of just hung out and just, uh, had like a chill weekend. Oh, Hey, nothing wrong with that. You need those every once in a while. That's, that's for sure. Um, well, listen, since it's your first time on the show, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself uh, and your, your journey in racing so far. So, yeah, I uh, started when I was seven, like you said, and in uh, sprint cars, mini sprints at a local dirt track near my house in Wisconsin. And it just transformed into next. I went into the Bandolero racing and did that locally. And then I went and raced some Bandoleros like in Florida and North Carolina and Texas and did all the national stuff. And then I did some dirt. I went to dirt racing just just to try and get some experience in a full-size car before I went and did asphalt racing full-size. So I went and did the pro trucks on dirt. And then I moved up to the Midwest Truck Series, which is 
it's basically like the truck series, but just on a shorter track, uh, so a little bit smaller motors and just a local series near me again in Wisconsin. And then we did some of the late model stock stuff down in North Carolina. And then we moved up to the Arc East stuff. And then for the last two years, I did that. And then this year, we're just making our move into the NASCAR Xfinity Series with Ryan Seag Racing. That's awesome, man. All right. So uh, I'm going to break what they call the fourth wall from a TV perspective because Parker and I are on Zoom here. And so you guys can't see it, but Parker's got a truck door panel behind him and it looks pretty sweet so uh since it's displayed it's got to have some significance so uh, talk about that that's sitting back there behind you yeah it's actually it's actually not mine but it's my main sponsor ponzi it's from uh, a world championship off-road race that uh they uh they won the world championship and i i liked it since it was my sponsor and you know they won the world championship so i liked it and i they let me take it and I put it up on my, on the back of my bed. So now it's like my bed, like the head of my bed. I love it. That's awesome, man. Um, so, uh, Ryan Sieg racing. I mean, obviously everybody knows Ryan Sieg, the name's synonymous with racing. Uh, the family's been in racing for a long time. How'd you get hooked up with them? So I did some, uh, racing with Kyle with a different team last year. I did some Arca stuff. He was my teammate in that. And that's how we ended up talking to them. And we wanted to make a move out of the Arca stuff and felt like Xfinity was a good place to go and get some experience. And I don't think we expected to run as good and be as competitive as we have this year, but I think that I showed that I can compete and it's been a, a big, just team effort. And putting hard work and dedication into everything we do. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and you can expand upon what I'm about to say, but for, for the casual listeners or, or the casual race fans, you know, when I brought you on and I said three uh, top 15s and just five starts in 2022, that's a big deal uh, for racing part-time uh, and for limited exposure in the series. Uh, that's, that's huge. Like that, that should be like this, this kid's good. Like this, this kid could go places kind of thing because you just don't see that, you know, one being frequency, uh, of, of strapping in and getting behind the wheel to be able to go out there and do that. I, I mean, that's damn impressive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes it a little bit harder on myself that I don't race full time. So like Absolutely. from the Nashville from the Nashville race, I had like a two and a half month break between my last race and then that race. And that was a really grueling race for just the heat and everything. So I think that made it harder, but we ended up finishing 12th. So we were competitive once again. It just makes it a little harder when you have such a big break between each race. Absolutely. You mentioned finish 12th, uh, not to mention that you started 25th in that race too. So um, you, you mentioned the heat. Uh, you know, I, like I said, it was a minute ago. Walk us through that day, you know, as far as, uh, you know, moving through the field. Yeah, I mean, I it started out, we were just kind of riding around the first stage. I was... I was kind of like, it was already just a hot day all day. Everyone was just trying to stay cool all day. It was like a hundred degrees and we like outside, it was like a hundred degrees and we went green. So everyone knew it was going to be a grueling day. So everyone, we were just, you know, drinking as much water as we could, just ice, whatever you could just keep yourself cool. And we just ended up just moving slowly through the field. And, uh, my crew chief, Steve Addington had a really good pit strategy that ended up gaining us some spots. Uh, whatever else had to pit and we made it on gas. So that ended up saving us some spots. Uh, 
we probably made up five or six spots just doing that. So it was just like an overall team effort on everything we did and everyone worked out really well. That's great. So when, you know, was that a strategy going into the race that that could be something or is that a, you know, you're, you're racing and he's like, Hey, we're, we're going to do this strategy. And you're, are, are you thinking to yourself, Oh man, I don't know about that. Like, or, you know, walk us through that kind of process and thought process. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always like, uh, so I haven't been in it very long and I know that Steve has been at it for so many years, won so many races. So I, I kind of have like full confidence in the calls he makes. Sure. And if he thinks it's going to work, it's, it's probably going to work. And it ended up, I don't really ever question what he wants to do. I kind of, he's won so many races with so many other drivers that if he's saying that it's probably going to work, it's, it's, it's probably the best, work. best effort we got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you, you mentioned that you do a lot of eye racing and, and all of that. And actually, uh, a little earlier on the show, I don't know if the name will ring a bell to you or not, but I've had, I had Anthony Lord on the show who is a uh, big eye racer. Uh, he has won now over 200 races, uh, throughout seven different, uh, league championships and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I love to mix in some of the eye racing every once in a while. I've done some work with, uh, Parker Kligerman and Landon Castle with their e-racer series and, and all of that. Uh, so talk, uh, t- tell us a little bit about your, your eye racing background. So yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been at it for nine years now. I'm above nine years on the sim of iRacing. So I think official wins. I think I'm at fourteen over fourteen hundred right now. Wow. So I've just done I've done so much league racing with everyone. Like especially during COVID, I did so much league racing, which just with everyone that was doing that because we couldn't race at all, like in person. So it's just been something I've done in my off time just to have fun and enjoy it and try and learn. And it ended up becoming a big thing during COVID and I was kind of ahead of the game and it made me, I won a bunch of races there that was just really competitive since everybody was coming into it. That's great. Um, is that something that you work into as a, as a sponsorship kind of thing? Like, Hey, you know, sponsor me on the track. I'll throw you on my, uh, I racing thing. Do, do you run that completely separate? How, how, for, for you as both a professional driver on the track plus doing that, you know, do, do you keep it separate? Do you, do you package deal that? How does that work for you? Uh, I, um, everybody that is on my uh, real life stuff, like I, like I said, during COVID, I did all the races since Ponzi was with me before COVID. I ran just Ponzi cars all the way through entire COVID and every race I did. But right now, since I'm in the, the pro iRacing stuff, I am signed with rfk so i run all their cars every week for the big time they're the big pro races so but other than that yeah i run all my like uh, real life sponsors in all my irising stuff that's awesome that's 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 really cool uh have you competed in uh landon and parker's uh competitions that they've had yeah i did uh i did some of them i I missed, I've missed a couple of them since just being out of town or racing somewhere else. But I try to do as many like uh, those big competitions, big competition uh, on iRacing as I can. But I, you know, I missed, I've missed a couple. I've, uh, you know, so I, uh, I've just not done a couple. I just, I try and do as many as I can, but sometimes stuff is other stuff's in the way. So when, when you're, when you have the skill that you do, uh, and I'm saying you personally, uh, you know, when you go and run something like that, knowing that there could be 
Uh, obviously, some amateurs out there that aren't at your level from the iRacing capability. Uh, does that get frustrating? Does that add a level of, of skill and enjoyment for you? Uh, you know, how does that? How, how do you play into that when you know you could be racing against people that uh, you know may not have the the level uh, of competition that you do for it? I mean, I think it all depends because, you know, I think if everyone, even if they're just getting on the on the sim and they spend a lot of time just on that one race, they can be up there with everybody else. It just depends on what their strong suits are on the sim. And I think you can't underestimate anyone because there's such a, I mean, there's like a skill gap of like the experience and everything, but there's also strategy and everything else in those big races. So I don't think you can underestimate really anybody. Awesome. Cool. Uh, what what What's lined up for the rest of 2022 for you? I, I'm not really sure right now. We're just trying to look at what races are going to be the most beneficial for my career right now, and then hopefully take a run at something full time next year. And we got some we got some stuff that we're trying to work on right now, and hopefully we will have it all out to the public here soon. Awesome. Well, that's that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned the the, uh, the sponsor Ponzi. Uh, who else have you had on with you uh, lately, or that you know you're going to be working with down the road? Yeah, the main ones have been Ponzi and Funkaway and uh, Ron and Lori uh, from Absolute Realtors and Grill Ads, Iron Horse Loggers. There's been a bunch of people that have helped me along the way, and I'm so grateful to have all the amazing supporters that I have. That's awesome. Um, so let's let's dive in a little bit deeper for some of the other races that you've had. You know, like I said, you know, you've had quite a few uh, top top uh, fifteen starts this year. Uh, you know, Martinsville. Martinsville can be a, a nail biter of a race. It can be a, a grueling challenge. Sometimes I think that takes more mental, uh, you know, than, than, you know, like your mile and a half and, and things of that nature. Uh, talk about that Martinsville race. Cause again, you started towards the, you know, mid, you know, started 20th, got your way up to 12th. Uh, same thing at, at Richmond. Um, you know, what's been some of the things that have worked for you at some of these shorter tracks that you've been able to go out there and, and, pick off some of these top 10 top 15s i think that it was all just come down to just trying to save your stuff because i know i wasn't i ended up like the end of the martinsville race i feel like we should have finished better i ended up losing most of my breaks just from how hard martinsville is on breaks sure. and i ended up we ended up overheating a little bit at the end of the race so we were focused on that and it was our race definitely wasn't wasn't perfect but it was uh just a hard fought race. Once again, we were just trying to march our way through the field with any spot we could. And it was just about avoiding all the chaos and just, you know, keeping the car intact for the end of the race. Awesome. Yeah, no, I could, I could only imagine, you know, and especially like you said, you know, not being in there full time, not knowing, you know, the, the different brakes that you may use or how hard you may use the brakes, different style of tracks and, and all of that uh, to, to finish with, with that type of finish is just remarkable. I, I think it's incredible what you've been able to go out there and do in, in just such a few uh, competitive starts uh, in the truck series and definitely look forward to uh, uh, what you're going to be able to do down the road here. Um, where can everybody keep up with you and, and follow you on social media and all of that? So you can find me at Parker Retzloff Racing on Facebook and uh, Parker Retzloff on Instagram and uh, Parker79P on Twitter. And uh, that's mostly it right now where I'm trying to branch out into more of the social media stuff, but it's kind of the main three right now. Do you do the Twitch when you're when you're running or no? 
Uh, I don't, I did it for a while, but I ain't doing it right now. I need to just try and get a better computer and everything. And then I think I'll start streaming every day or trying to stream every day just for some of my iRacing races I do and maybe end up streaming some of the Coke races. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, listen, man, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you. Uh, best of luck and uh, what, what uh, comes to fruition for the rest of 2022. And uh, definitely look forward to seeing you on the track in the very near future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was very fun. Absolutely, man. All right, cool. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. There you have Parker Ritzlaff. Uh, it's it's so fun to get some of these younger guys, up and comers, uh, and and to hear their story, uh, where they've come from, where they what what their goals are, and and all of that. And uh, it's fun to keep up with them and and to uh, keep keep track and see what they're what they're able to develop. It's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, all right. I think it's now time to, uh, as we're at the hour 35 mark, last couple shows have gone a little longer, which I'm okay with, especially taking an off week last week. And uh, let's close uh, this thing down. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LT Fantasy. Uh, joining me on the line for this week's show. Uh, he's a multi-time appearance on the show, but it's been a minute. Uh, welcome back to the show, David James. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Brandon. Doing well. It's been about two years since we've spoken. Yes. Not good for my fantasy. <laughs> Which is crazy. Uh, and, and before we started recording, it was nice to know that uh, uh, there's some family uh, in the mix. Uh, Kim is uh your mom don is your dad uh i know there's another mother and son uh the hoglins uh are a family playing i've got mark and matt luddington uh father and son so this is becoming a uh family tradition and a family affair if you will which i absolutely love yeah shout out to kim james that is sitting in fourth place currently cumulative and then don james my father who had a rough go at it last week because he sent in a duplicate pick but it happens but yeah we have a great time every year so thanks for having us absolutely man i love it all right let's um let's start with this um what'd you think of atlanta I love Atlanta. Atlanta, New Atlanta is great. I went to Atlanta a few years ago and sat out in the hot sun, and I just wasn't too impressed with the track. Hadn't been back, but I do put it back on my bucket list because I, I love the plate racing. I, I love the excitement. Um, Sunday was a little bit better than Saturday, but I love New Atlanta. Maybe in um, the minority there, but I do enjoy it. Hey, you know what? As, as long as as long as long someone's tuning in and, and is getting enjoyment out of it, that's really all that matters. Um I, I wish there would have been a little bit more fans in the stands because it's it's just not a uh, a good look. But uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, they'll they'll figure it out. Well, I do think there's something to uh, tracks having two races in the same kind of two races. I think Charlotte Motor Speedway, which is in my backyard, is kind of they do a good job with doing the oval and then doing the roval, and it keeps the stands kind of full. So there's a little bit of difference there. But yeah, I think you're right. They may need to change it up here in the future. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Pocono ran into that issue. Michigan ran into that issue. Uh, you know, there was times, you know, the Pocono race was literally seven weeks apart. You know, that it's not like it's horribly different, uh, you know, weather conditions or anything like that. Like it, it, it can get mundane and it's a long weekend to, to travel that trailer or to 
tent in the camp or to make the drive in on Sunday, uh, you know, in, in such a short time span. Now, Atlanta was spaced out a little bit more. But, yeah, like you said, you know, if you have the option of of throwing in a curveball like a, a road course at the same track and you can get two completely different races at the same thing, then, you know, that that's a different thing there in terms of what that might draw uh, twice a year or whatever the case may be. So, all right, uh, let's talk about your picks this week, man. Uh, y- you hit them pretty good. Blaney, uh, race winner, Austin Hill, and uh, Zane Smith, man. That was uh, nicely done there, sir. I appreciate it. Zane Smith, I think, is pretty popular every week. Um, you haven't put any rules on our truck picks yet, so we're going to keep rolling with Zane Smith there. But Austin Hill, I'm just going to tell you, was pretty lucky. I needed to throw... I needed to throw a curveball there and see how how I would do, but he did lead a bunch of laps in the spring race and, and finish second. So um, a different pick, but not totally off base. And then I think Ryan Blaney was pretty was uh, pretty popular as well. Ended up in a top five, yes. uh, got a lot of stage points. So um, yeah, a consistent week, and we'll take the top points of the week. Absolutely, I uh, I doubled down on Blaney on on both lap traffic and uh, a buddies league that I'm helping him on and. Uh, that paid off pretty well. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned with the trucks. It's like every year I've, I, I've been toying. You know, this year added the Xfinity limits. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens on the survey if we want to go. You know, real big next year and and throw some limits on the truck picks there. But uh, something tell. I wonder. You know, who knows? John Hunter might move up somewhere else. Uh, Zane Smith might move up somewhere else. You know, and then it'll be who whoever is next to to fill those shoes but uh mm-hmm. zane and john hunter yeah those are definitely the two popular picks week in week out uh ty majeski's been getting some uh popular picks as of late uh Kligerman will get a couple picks in there every once in a while but nobody nobody scored the win on him and i was surprised i think only one player picked chase elliott at atlanta this week so mm. uh i think everyone's you know, saving him for, uh, you know, road courses and such like mm-hmm. that down the road. But, uh, yeah, great times. All right. Let's run down the, uh, the, the, the standings here. Segment two, top 10, uh, Brett Morris still in first place with 742. Uh, Robert Riggs, who also had the same picks as, uh, Dave here this week with 736. Uh, yours truly has moved back up to third with 731. Logan Cummings in fourth with 724. Uh, Jeff in fifth with 695. Benton Wilson in sixth with 694. Uh, Kim James in seventh, 688. Pete Curvin in eighth, 687. Uh, Dave, you're in ninth, 686. And and Josh Rolfe in 10th with 685. So uh, we're talking single points, uh, you know, separating 6th through 10th there, which is awesome. Uh, still anybody's game for uh, the Segment 2 win and the automatic bid to uh, the, the playoffs there, which uh, not, to, uh, not to jinx you or anything, Dave, but uh, you might need that uh, Segment 2 win for, for a playoff spot here, I'm thinking. I am slowly making my way forward. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. Bonus points. Uh, Kristen Hoglet in first with 13. And see, Dave, this is where you need Dallas to get the playoffs because you're in second with 11 bonus points. Uh, Brad Carnes in third with nine. Henry Fletcher's got nine. Uh, Jason Dickus, Kyle Garrett, Logan Cummings, Stephen Florenzo have nine. Uh, then we got Brian, Kurt, Michael, Rob, Tony, all with eight, and on down from there. 
Uh, but where it counts, where it is, and that is the cumulative standings. In first, Kristen Hoglin. In second, Robert Riggs. Uh, Aaron Studwell's moved back up to third. Uh, like you mentioned, Kim James is in fourth. Brett Morris is in fifth. Uh, Steven is in sixth. Yours truly is up to seventh. Henry Fletcher in eighth. Justin Hughes in ninth. Jason Dickinson in 10th. Michael Mason in 11th. Matt Crowd in 12th. Tony Salt 13th. John Etwinsel 14th. Kevin Hahn 15th. Brian Hall 16th. Uh, and again, some very close numbers there. Two and three points apiece. Uh, 17th is only a point out. So uh, by no means are, are we set. Uh, for from a standings perspective lots of comers and goers if you will still that still to happen there so um all right man what do you say you ready to make some picks yep let's do it all right lap traffic fantasy we are headed to the east coast back to loudon ford has dominated the track the last four trips there with shr picking up three wins penske with a win however it was brad who won for penske who now obviously drives the six and shr has been struggling all season if Ford remains dominant, who will we see in victory lane? Blaney looked good this past week, and he's still looking for his first win. Uh, might avoid the Chevy drivers this week. Chevy has one win in the last 15 trips to Loudoun, and that was with Kevin Harvick back in 2016. Here's a fun fact for you all. There is not an active Chevy driver with a win in the field. Uh, who gets some lobster? Who picks up some points? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it is time for our picks. Dave, we'll start with you. Who do you got for the Xfinity Series, sir? In the Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with Justin Algar. Uh, one of his best tracks overall. Uh, three straight top ten finishes. He's kind of cooking right now. And uh, I'm going to take that easy pick, Justin Algar. Not get cute with it in the Xfinity Series. I like that. Uh, I, I'm getting cute as far as what would be considered cute for my picks. Uh, a lot of people take Ty Gibbs every week. Uh, I kind of forget about him every once in a while because he's not limited, so I don't see his numbers sticking out at me. Uh, but I'm going to roll with Ty Gibbs this week. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> uh, there you and, go. And over to the Cup Series, sir. Who do you got? Yeah, that's a really interesting stat with all the Ford winning and the Chevrolet, but I think it keeps rolling this week. I'm not going to take a Ford. Uh, Kevin Harvick would have been my Ford pick that I know that you would have liked. He led 66 last year. I think he's running better. Um, but I'm going to take Christopher Bell. I'm going to get a little different with my Cup Series pick. I'm going to take Christopher Bell, who runs very well in New Hampshire, won the Xfinity Series race last year, ran second behind Omarola last year, and was coming at the end. And I think Christopher Bell has a really good day, solid day for Toyota, and uh, may pick up the win. I love it. Uh, I am going to stick with a Ford. Uh, he's got a couple back-to-back -to -back top fives, uh, and I am going to go with the 22 of Joey Logano this week. Uh, you know who I like. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Uh, and hopefully it's not another two years before you're back on the show. Hey, let's talk next week. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. We'll see you. Thanks, Brandon. Bye. Later. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. What a jam-packed episode 284. That's going to do it. For tonight's show make sure you check out the website thelabtrafficpodcast.com facebook the lab traffic podcast tiktok twitch instagram twitter all at lab traffic pc be on the lookout next week for an mis preview show uh, along with some info on a ticket giveaway huge thanks to anthony lord armani williams parker Ritzlaff, uh david james and aaron sudwell for calling in uh got a good show lined up already next week for you guys 
Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!